Welcome to Living Chic with Plastic, the podcast that highlights marine plastic pollution and explore future sustainable relationships with plastic. On this podcast series, we welcome young people involved in marine plastic litter research, prevention programs, cleanup activities, and other advocacies. We listen to their first-hand experience, different challenges they may be facing, and draw important insights toward possible solutions for this issue. I'm your host, Hera Diani, and this podcast is brought to you by the Regional Knowledge Center for Marine Plastic Debris of the Economic Research Institute for ASEAN and East Asia, or ARIA. We're young, but we're not dumb. We know it's happening. We need change. We demand better. Those are the words of ecology activist Ralin Satid Tanasaran, or Lili, during the die-in protest in 2019 in Bangkok. Along with 200 other young protesters, she joined children around the world rallying in a global strike for climate to demand government action against climate change. Lily was only 12 years old at the time. Since she was 8 years old, Lily is known in Thailand for advocating for the reduction of plastic use. She has been talking to government officials, corporate executives, and civic leaders about the pollution caused by single-use plastic. Lily pedals Bangkok canals, picking up rubbish, and she convinced a supermarket to stop offering plastic bags for one day every week. With Thailand the sixth largest global contributor to ocean pollution, she says, I try to stay optimistic, but I am also angry. Our world is disappearing. I'm here with Lily right now talking via Zoom. Lily is currently in California for her studies. So Lily, do people still call you Greta Thunberg of Thailand? And uh, How does it make you feel? Are you annoyed or are you proud or uh, anything? <laughs> Yes. Uh, in fact, my friends still call me that to this day. And it's more so as a playful nickname, if anything. But I'm not so much annoyed with it as I was in the past. Now I've grown to understand why they call me that. It's mainly because there aren't many youth activists as well known or outspoken as Greta Thunberg. And I feel as though people will like to categorize so it's easier to know what I do and what I'm fighting for by comparing me to someone like Greta Thunberg but I assure you um, me and Greta Thunberg are very different people we have different methods and different ways of doing things but we both have the same goal in protecting our youth and fighting for our future great so you've been advocating against single-use plastic since you were very young eight years old How did you become aware of the environmental issues? Uh, was it from was it the influence from school or from your parents? I think many aspects of my life had led me to become more aware of the environmental issues around me. Many factors being my parents and of course my family because we've always been very environmentally conscious people. But I also think it's just because of living in Thailand and in Bangkok where you walk out on the streets and you can see single-use plastic just littered everywhere. And younger, I didn't view this as a necessarily bad thing, just something I needed to live with. But then when I realized that it was doing actual damage to the world was when I started advocating against it. So um, 
Can you explain briefly what you have been trying to change to stop plastic waste pollution? Uh, what have been your core message? I've been doing a multitude of projects related to the reduction of single-use plastic, specifically single-use plastic bags as well as everything. I have um, protest projects as well as parliament projects where I have been actively talking to the government about reducing single-use plastic. And one of my, I feel as though my most successful and the projects that I have gotten most credit for was the product projects that I have done with large supermarket chains in Thailand, such as Central World, Tesco, etc. And specifically to reduce the amount of single-use plastic bags they give out in their stores as well. But now I have been more environmentally conscious in terms of climate change and waste management as well. So I've been doubling in everything and making my way into trying to make a difference as well. And I feel as though my main message is to basically start change, to, to stop talking about change because there's only so little talk could do, but more so pushing forward and taking that step because nobody wants to be the last to change. Mm -hmm. So we must all collectively come together as a united front in order to help our future generations by keeping our planet clean. I understand that there is a culture of seniority in many social movements, uh, particularly in Asia. Do you experience this uh, a lot? Uh, and how do you fight against this bias? I do see this, particularly in Asian countries, yes. I think it's mainly because the culture that is in place. Mm -hmm. And I do experience it as well, because mostly I feel as though in everywhere around the world, not just in Asian countries, children's opinions and the voices of children are needed in order to almost make a statement or to make it so that children cannot have a say in these big political issues. and. The thing is, children have to have the most say in these large political environmental issues because we will experience the forefront and the brunt of the effects that are going to be put down on us by the actions of this generation who is currently in power. So if anything, I have experienced the bias of people not taking me seriously or just completely shutting down my views and opinions in focus of their own capitalistic gains. But I feel as though our opinions and our voices should be heard the loudest. That's great. Um, in which ways has activism Im impacted your daily life, like your relationship with your friends? Uh, do they treat you differently now or your teenhood? To a certain extent, I don't think it falls in the realm of something to be worried about or something that makes people change the way they view me. I feel as though it is just, uh, I feel as though they see it as just like a little hobby I do on the side. And of course they will tease me about it and have me talk about it. And most days I am affected by my activism. So when I went to Italy last year to meet the Pope, I had to miss a lot of school and I did affect, and it did affect my grades, but not to, 
on a harmful extent either. I feel as though since I feel it is my life duty and it is just something I need to grow accustomed to and it is part of my lifestyle, I move things and my friends shape their way around it. That's great. Which one do you think is more challenging, uh, high-level advocacy or influencing people around you? I'm asking this because uh, from my experience, sometimes it is uh, far more difficult to move the people close to you to support your cause. That is a very interesting question. I don't think anyone has asked me that before. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I honestly do believe it is the people around you because in turn, the people around you and the people you have close-knit and form relationships with aren't involved in big social movements or nor are they massive change makers in parliament or in political standing. They are just people around them trying to live their lives. And it is hard to be a person living out your life when you also have to worry about the environment, climate change, the state of the political crisis, etc. So I do believe the people around you have less influence and thus they feel as though they have less say in the matter mm. or it is harder to change their minds with it. But in the end, the people around you should have the most power in terms of what we do and what we say because, of course, we are going to be affected the most. Right. And follow following up uh, on that question, have you received any unexpected responses from your friends or your teachers, relatives, or neighbors about your activism? I think all of my responses have has mostly been positive, no matter if it's um, slightly teasing or whatnot, mm. but mostly positive no matter what circumstance it is in even though um i may have some conflict with people in terms of my viewpoints or anything it's mostly positive and they view it as a good step forward and not only the sake of the world but in terms of my future as well it's been three years since thailand have started to implement the plastic bags ban in supermarkets in january 2020 how do you observe the implementation in the past three years? I would say it has been rocky, if anything, especially with the rise of COVID. People have reverted back to using single-use plastic because it is more convenient. It's quote-unquote safer, even though the virus stays on plastic for three, day lo three days longer than any other material. But right now, it has been just increasingly hard due to the state of the world and whatnot to implement um, environmental sustainability, especially into companies and supermarkets when people are more preoccupied and worried about their health than anything. So what do you think is the biggest obst obstacles or challenges in reducing plastic pollution? I believe the biggest obstacle in terms of reducing plastic pollution is our innate mindset mm -hmm. that we have created for about a, a hundred years now of consumerism. 
So we've basically gone into stores, we've bought things, we take it home, and we throw it away after it's done. And this has basically been increased and highlighted to the extent where we have now single-use plastic, where we just use it and we throw it away. Where now the life cycle of everything we currently own is linear. So once it's used, once it's done, we throw it away. And innately that is very harmful because what happens to the products that we throw away? It's not like they disappear. They're gonna go somewhere. They're going to go to landfills and whatnot. And now that we have this very consumerist mindset that we can't seem to shake out of, every aspect of our life is filled with consumerism. So it's going to be very hard to tell people to stop using certain products or stop doing certain things. Mm. And to basically tell them to switch their lifestyle for the betterment of the planet. But they've grown up in this lifestyle, so it's particularly hard to change it too. Okay. So uh, you are now based in California. Um, for uh, May I ask for school or for... Yes, because temporary. Oh, yes. temporary. Uh, may I know what is the reason? And no reason, it's just school. <laughs> okay, so yeah. you're in what grade now? I'm a sophomore, so I'm in 10th grade. Oh, okay. So uh, after this, you will be uh, back to Thailand? We'll see. Hopefully, uh -huh. that's the plan. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm uh, asking you this because uh, for the, the next question, I read uh, uh, this quote by Tara Buakamsri. Thailand director for Greenpeace Southeast Asia. Uh, he said that young people in provinces outside Bangkok have long campaigned on environmental issues affecting their hometowns like uh, opposing gold mines or coal power plants. But there has been no networking platform to link them with groups in the capital. Um, what do you think about this? Um, have you tried to like reach out to your peers in the provinces or is it like too much work to do? Oh, yes, I've definitely reached out as well, mm. because personally, I'm not from the city. Mm. I'm from uh, my little prov province in Lampang, which is up north, and we have our own set of issues there as well. But it is also very hard to link with people, mm -hmm. specifically because of the differencing in social environmental projects. Because one person could be working on forest fires, and for me, I'm working with single-use plastic bags. And even though those issues fall under the same guise as environmental-based issues and activism, yet you cannot take the same measures to combat the both. Mm. So I 100% do feel that there should be a support system specifically for people in rural areas of Thailand, because people in rural areas and poor areas are going to be the most affected by climate change and agricultural defects. So, yes, I 100% believe there should be some networking involved. And now that you have brought it to my attention, I will get on that because I feel like that is definitely something I need to share my opportunities with. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yes, I think because it's really important to network and build 
collective action yeah. instead of exactly everybody deserves yeah. a voice yeah right right and uh, now that you've based in california uh, do you see um like huge uh, differences between the awareness of young people uh, on environmental issues particularly plastic issues plastic waste issues between young people in the u.s specifically in california and in thailand or in asia in general i do feel like there is a imbalance of knowledge between different sides of the world especially because it also depends on which areas you live in california as well i happen to be privileged enough to live in a liberal area where we are actively taught about these environmental social impacts in schools and they are heavily integrated in our syllabus but in thailand public schools i cannot say the same specifically not because education is less advanced or more advanced it's just in terms of what we view as important to, to our syllabus and in fact i have um actually i have a campaign involved in thailand called eco education where basically we are trying to implement social liberal arts education into thai schools so thai children are more aware of the world around them and how their actions would affect the world and how they can become sustainable global citizens. And I do, yeah. And so in California, there is difference, but I also feel as though kids here also have the same slightly uncaring nature mm -hmm. <laughs> that kids all over the world do have. So I think it is more so how we choose to raise children to become more environmentally mindful if anything so um you've been involved with economy of francesco a worldwide movement convoked by pope francis whereby young people aim to change the current economic models and craft a future that is more inclusive and just uh, could you tell us more about these activities and your role in the movement yes uh so i was lucky enough to have been invited last year by the economy Francesco to come to Assisi in Italy and join their about four day to week long program filled with workshops and events, basically highlighting uh, youth change and how individuals can spark a greater movement using the resources that has been given to us by Pope Francis, basically. And yeah, our mission is basically to raise the voices of people around the world, young people and people who deserve to be heard. Do you have any suggestions or tips for uh, teenagers your age who want to follow your footsteps but like don't know where to start? Wow. I would say just to take little steps. You don't need to walk on the steps of parliament holding up signs. Just anything from thinking or saying that you don't want to use a plastic cup today or bring your own water bottle instead of getting a plastic water bottle or even reposting a march date or going to a protest yourself could be a small step forward. It doesn't need to be big change for it to be meaningful change. 
So just by taking the first step, changing your mindset and becoming more aware of the world around you would be the best step and first step in terms of creating a better generation. Thank you, Lily, for the wonderful talk. You are such an inspiration. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our podcast. Don't forget to check our website, rkcmpd-area.org. Follow us on our social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at rkcmpd underscore area. Our Facebook is at rkcmpd.area. And on LinkedIn, Regional Knowledge Center for Marine Plastic Debris. See you on the next episode of Living Chic with Plastic.